This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. I am, as the announcer always says, of Gordon Firemark, and this is the show where I bring you information about how lawyers are using the power of podcasting to support and develop their businesses, even when they're not podcasting, strictly speaking, about legal subject matter. My guest today is Flavia Berries, an attorney for small businesses and real estate investors, as well as the host of The Lifestyle Solopreneur, where her audience tunes in to explore ways to make a more, um, excuse me, to make a full-time income from part-time work. Formerly an associate at Am- an AmLaw 50 big law firm, she hung her shingle out and is now a law firm of one, as well as best-selling author, entrepreneur, as well as an adjunct law professor. She's appeared in major media as either a legal commentator or spotlight feature. That includes BBC World News Radio, the ESPN television show, Outside the Lines, Cosmo Magazine, uh, the New York Post, ESPN Radio, the Wall Street Journal, and the list goes on. So Flavia, thank you so much for joining me today for this episode. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, great. So tell us a little bit. So your practice is in the the real estate and um, um, small business space. Yes. I was trained as a real estate attorney Uh in the big firm setting. And then over the years, especially when I transitioned to a solo practice, I started advising on just general business issues. So Mm -hmm. intellectual property, contracts, joint venture agreements, that sort of thing. Transactional practice. Yes. All transactional. I uh, I make it a practice to stay out of litigation practice, if you know what I mean. Uh, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so how tell? So you have an interesting story about sort of your your journey to um, uh, some people call it a side hustle kind of a business. You you've got a, a business outside your law practice, yes. Yes, and I have for quite a few years. In fact, that's sort of one of the things I'm always encouraging professionals and executives to do, which is to do something other than your nine to five. Because for a lot of these executives, as you know, it's not a nine to five, it's a nine to nine. (laughs) Who are you kidding? It's around the clock. 6 a.m. to midnight that (laughs) night. So it's just a crazy life. And I think uh, to stop living from paycheck to paycheck and to also sort of give you peace of mind at night, because Mm -hmm. a lot of times when your entire income comes from one employer, you know, we survived rounds of layoffs, right? In mm-hmm. like 06, 07, especially in the legal industry, it was terrible. Sure. And you just never know when that cycle is going to hit again. So mm-hmm. I see it as a way to diversify and also just to make your life a little more interesting. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. So you have this podcast, which is, you know, you have the whole brand, the lifestyle uh, yes. solopreneur. The lifestyle solopreneur, correct. And the podcast is also similarly branded. And tell us a little bit about that. How'd you get started? When did you get started? So it's neat to be on your podcast to talk about podcasting because for me, it's such a fresh project. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've only been doing this now for about a month. Oh. Uh, so it's fairly new for me and I just went through the process. And it's one of those things where at the end of it, you feel surprised at how easy it is mm-hmm. in a way, like yeah. how simple it is. Just anyone can do this. Uh, but then you're also sort of patting yourself on the back because there is a little bit of effort on the front end, especially mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, it's so easy to procrastinate or to prioritize other projects first. So for anyone that has the dream of starting a podcast, it's really easy to keep putting it off. But let me tell you, once you do it, it feels so good. Yeah. So what was it that led you to 
identify podcasting as something you wanted to do and, and to get started? Well, I listened to podcasts mm -hmm. quite a bit. I have a toddler and there would be so many afternoon walks where, you know, you just pack the kid in a stroller and you're walking around and we live right near the beach. So I have the ocean air blowing in my face and it was great. But, you know, after doing that so much, I decided I wanted to start listening to either a book on tape mm -hmm. or something else. And what's great about having an iPhone is you see that little icon and yep. you know, the purple icon on my phone and tap it and it's all this free content. So you don't have to go and pick out books and uh, with fiction for me and even uh, nonfiction, it's so tough to get a great book that also has a really great narrator. I'm really picky about that. <laughs> yeah. And it also takes a lot. You, you really have to sort of dive in and have a big chunk of time to get caught up in the story to really enjoy it with a, with a long form book. Yeah, I agree. Podcasts are shorter forms, so it's a little easier to do it in bite-sized pieces. Yeah. Plus it's educational, mm -hmm. you know, and it's hard as an entrepreneur to take the time out for education and to see what's going on among your colleagues and your peers. And there are so many entrepreneurs that have amazing business podcasts and it's great. And, you know, you're not competing against them because just like I listen to three or four or five different podcasts, you can be one of that mix. So I don't feel like it's a saturated market. I think there are lots of people that just truly enjoy this medium and they like to listen. So what are the couple of shows that uh, were part of your formative podcasting experience? You know, there's John Lee Dumas. I just, everyone knows him. If, if you start listening to podcasts for a while, you'll probably hear about him. He's got Entrepreneur on Fire. That's one of my favorites mm -hmm. because I just really like the interview format. Yep. And I, I followed a similar format for my podcast because it gave me a chance not only to learn from people, but to connect with them. I've made great friends from having them as guests on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a bonus that I hadn't even really thought about. And it also gives me the opportunity to focus a conversation on a certain element of solopreneurship. For yeah. example, Entrepreneur on Fire is sort of general entrepreneurship, you know, mm -hmm. struggles, how you a business grew. I like to also focus on life balance sure. because I think there's entrepreneurs out there that are workaholics and they work too much. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a life for everybody, but there are also ways to be an entrepreneur and still maintain a ton of quality free time. Got it. Got it. What other shows? Anything else? Uh, I like Shalene Johnson. She's got a couple of different shows. There is one uh, on marketing and then there's Build Your Tribe is what she calls that one. Mm -hmm. And then she has another one that's more of just life skills. I like the Build Your Tribe marketing podcast oh, that she publishes. I'll it's put links one. to those in the show notes for anybody who's interested in checking those out. That's great. Sure. So so let's talk about how you got started. Are you a techie geek? Was this setting up something that came naturally to you or, or do I'm it yourself? I'm pretty techie. No, I'm pretty techie. I always was. So out of college, I mean, even in college, I always... Uh, just to date myself, I guess. But when I was in college is when email first started becoming mm -hmm. available. So my first email account was a you know dot UCLA or at UCLA dot edu mm -hmm. account, and uh, it was so early that I actually just got my first name, and my first name is kind of rare. So yeah. it was Flavia at UCLA edu. Don't email it now. I don't know who has it now, <laughs> but I remember it was so neat to have email, and then Hotmail was sort of the next mm -hmm. thing, and. So it was right around there, mid-90s, yeah. and it was great. So I, I got into computers. I uh, was a graphic artist right out of school for a little while. So I used Photoshop and what was back then Quark Express mm -hmm, to lay out mm -hmm. magazines. I worked in publishing. So I was always into tech. Mm -hmm. But 
not really so much into video editing or sound editing. So yeah. that for me was a learning curve. Okay. So did you get you, so you got it set up mostly by yourself. Did you have some help? Did you find a course or did you use John Lee Dumas's, uh, uh, series? There's two courses okay. that I took, uh, John Lee Dumas has an online tutorial, which mm-hmm. was good. And then someone else, Pat Flynn, Pat Flynn sure. also has a really great free for anyone that wants to follow along. It's a series of maybe 10 different videos. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't go into a ton of detail, right? Because it's yeah. a free course, but it's enough to get you going, especially if you feel pretty confident with tech. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Very cool. So you've been doing it just for a few months, a few weeks, you said, and um, you've got it, what, about? half a dozen episodes out in the world. Yeah, so I have, let's see, I believe live, we've got four episodes right now. It's been about a month. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do this about weekly or every two weeks to have a new episode out. But I do have over a dozen episodes that have been recorded. Oh, fantastic. So I do have in the hopper, mm-hmm. great material. Uh, they've been recorded. All I have to do now, because I do the editing myself, mm-hmm. is edit them and just go through a checklist. What I did is I created a Google document Mm -hmm. with a bullet format so that I could just follow each step. And so it's very, very much, I just follow each single step Mm -hmm. and it makes it a lot easier. I can get an episode edited and out in about 45 minutes. I'm all about systems and processes and streamlining things so that it's repeatable and eventually, hopefully, something you can delegate or offload to someone else and, and get the work done at a quality level you're comfortable with. That's Oh, I love delegating. I delegate a lot of things, but I, for something like this, I do it myself long enough that my checklist yeah. is what I want it to be before I have someone else follow the checklist. But I mean, my checklist even says open garage band as like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I just go, okay, open yeah. garage band and you know, open this file. Here's the folder where you find it. Yep. Here it is. And it just makes it easier. So I don't have to um, devote a lot of mental bandwidth of course. to each step. Exactly. Simple, repeatable, break it down into the smallest bite-sized chunks and, and get done. That's great. So tell me a little bit about your workflow when you, when it was, well, first of all, tell me about the format of the show itself. You, you do interviews. What's the basic structure? So, yeah. So the interviews are all with solopreneurs. My criteria for the guests I have on the website for the podcast. So people can actually nominate themselves or mm-hmm. nominate a guest that they know, put me in contact, connect me with someone, but it's someone who makes a full-time income and I have, I break it down in the criteria as someone who makes about the equivalent of $75,000 after taxes mm-hmm. um, in the US. Mm-hmm. So that'd be US dollars because there have been studies done that show that at that amount of income, you know, if you make more than that, it's not really going to affect your happiness. And that is enough to take care of all of your needs and even the needs of your family um, just to have a happy, comfortable life. Mm-hmm. So, that's how I defined a full-time income. Mm-hmm. And then from part-time work, I defined as 25 hours per week um, or less on average of work because there are a lot of solopreneurs who will work their tails off mm-hmm. for two months. I mean, 20-hour days, <laughs> yeah. you know, caffeine overload. Mm-hmm. But then they can completely unwind. They can unplug 100% for six months and go live in Thailand or do something exciting or go travel. Mm -hmm. And that qualifies because if you look at the average over a year or two year period, they're not working uh, more than about 20, 25 hours Mm -hmm. per week. So that's how I select interview 
candidates and then they yeah. come to me. I sometimes find them. I meet people at networking events. Mm -hmm. uh, guests recommend other guests. Great. So it, it hasn't been a problem to find mm -hmm. guests. Okay. So what do you do to prep for the show? You've got a guest sort of booked, booked in. How much digging into their background are you doing? What's your... You so I have, yeah, I have the guests. First of all, they just have to acknowledge they meet the criteria. Yeah. Um, I don't ask for tax <laughs> so it's on the honor system mm -hmm. but um so i do that filter at the very beginning mm -hmm. and i've had people write in and then they they realize the criteria and they're like i'm not quite there yet and i tell them well you know make being a guest on my podcast one of your goals mm -hmm. because that means you'll have reached that yes. whether it's that you're working too much right now or not making enough mm -hmm. from your work you know once you reach that threshold call me up. Maybe I'll ping you in two months, see where you are. And they like that. So that's, that's also a fun thing. That's great. But I send them a self-scheduler tool. Mm -hmm. I use a tool called uh, Calendly, mm -hmm. like calendar, but it ends with an L-Y, calendly.com, mm -hmm. I believe is their website. And that's just a really nice self-scheduler. They can look at my availability. I set my availability just for two days a week from certain hours. So I only do podcasts on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. People find a slot they like. They self-schedule themselves. I get an email. They get an email. The email includes a list of questions they might be asked, uh, the show premise, a little bit about myself so they know who's interviewing them. And when I first contact them, I also ask them for their Skype name. So I do all my interviews via Skype. Yeah. It's just easy. I have an automatic call recorder that pops up and starts recording whenever I'm on Skype. So that part's idiot proof. I can't forget <laughs> to push record, which would be, uh, you know, too mm -hmm. sad. And and then from there, we just chat for a little bit and I tell them, okay, here we go. And I roll in my intro, which for me is their intro, their mm -hmm. bio that they provided. And we chit chat for a while. Okay. And it's just really a fun conversation like we're having right now. Yeah. And then you do go through and edit after the fact. I do edit. Mm -hmm. I try not to cut out things too much, but if there's a door slam in the background mm -hmm. or, you know, dog barks or something, because I record in two separate tracks, yeah. I can edit just the guest's track mm -hmm. and I, I'm talking maybe and I keep talking. And that's a nice way to, you know, take out something that, you know, I, I sneezed or something while they were speaking. I can just take it out. <laughs> okay. So the show is called Solo uh it's lifestyle, lifestyle solopreneur. solopreneur. I'm sorry. I apologize. Oh, no problem. Uh, lifestyle solopreneur. Lifestylesolopreneur.com is the website where the podcast is hosted because as mm -hmm. I'm sure your listeners have already planned ahead, but they'll need to have a designated blog so they can post their feed. Right. So now this is not strictly speaking part of your law practice. You don't make any secret of the fact that you're a lawyer when you're talking to these entrepreneurs, these solopreneurs. Um, do you find that the that there's a symbiosis there that it's helpful with the practice? Well, I think there is because solopreneurs are always looking for marketing. They're mm -hmm. looking for business setup advice. They're looking for productivity tips. So there's all this this wide range of things that they listen to podcasts for. And I do feel that need because I'm not only talking about lifestyle, but occasionally a legal topic will come up and it's something that I can jump in and give a quick tip or advice or an anecdote or story. And I think that listeners find that sort of thing useful and interesting. 
I will also use my podcast in the future to help funnel people to an online academy Mm -hmm. that I have. Currently, I only teach real estate laws, but eventually I'll also teach intellectual property, copyright classes, trademark, entity selection, you know, LLC versus corporation, and that kind of general legal education. So I have taught law at an ABA accredited law school. So I I love teaching law. I love breaking down something that's boring or complicated into something that's interesting. And doing that online in an e-course is going to be really fun for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk about the... Um the hurdles and hardest parts of getting your show started. This is all relatively fresh for you. So what was the challenging part? For anyone like me who has really prioritized lifestyle, it's designating and prioritizing the time to spend on the podcast because I'm very strict with how much I work. Mm -hmm. I just, because it's so easy to let your schedule creep. Mm -hmm. People fight this all the time. You can start off with great intentions, maybe January 1st, you're like, I'm going to work less, but it's really easy unless you're very intentional to end up working a ton. And for me with a toddler in my life, and I just love enjoying her and taking her to the park and, you know, we walk to the beach all the time and I want that relaxed free time where my mind is completely with her and my family and we have a ton of hobbies. So for me, it was just taking the, the small amount of time I let myself work and chunking some of that and devoting it to this podcast endeavor uh, because I had to repurpose some time and take time away from other things. So for me, that's it. But um, I think for a lot of people, there's also the tech aspect and just getting all of all of it lined up and just getting a good checklist and workflow. I know that you train podcasters mm-hmm. and that you've given people advice on that. And that's great. People should seek out someone like you so they can have just a good checklist. With checklists, everything is more manageable. It's easier. It's less overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that plug. I'll send you a check later. <laughs> 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 no, there was, no there was not a paid remark. Uh, um, thank you for that. So the big objection, you mentioned it, time. Now, how much time are you putting into uh, your episodes right now? So sourcing interview candidates like looking out because I'll sometimes post in different Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm looking for guests. Here's the criteria. Here's the show. Let me know if you want to be on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe 15 minutes per week, okay. just putting out a few Facebook posts, sending a few emails to people I know, mm-hmm. uh, sending sometimes contacts to guests from other podcasts. So if you listen to a podcast, like right now, someone may be listening mm-hmm. to this podcast and they're thinking, oh, Flavia would be a great guest on this show that I'm doing or something like that. So I get ideas from other podcasts mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you should never be afraid to just reach out. And uh, maybe one to two hours of actual recording time per week, whether I'm a guest on someone's podcast, like your podcast, mm-hmm. or I'm recording an interview for my podcast. So that's a couple of hours there. And then each episode takes about 45 minutes to an hour for the editing, Mm -hmm. the processing, posting it everywhere needs to be posted, even, you know, the upload, you kind of sit and anytime something's uploading, here's a tip for the the audience. (laughs) If something is uploading on your computer and it's slow, do crunches just in your seat, just suck (laughs) in your gut, suck it out, suck in your gut, suck it out, or, you know, bicep curls, whatever you're focusing on. But um, make that time useful and uh, do that at red lights too or meditate. But um, 
definitely at red lights because that'll really help you not be ever frustrated when you have to wait for in you know small increments of time like that. And uh, once I get everything uploaded and it's on the blog itself, I spend it takes me five to ten minutes to use Hootsuite. It's H O O T S U I T E Hootsuite. The hoot is like an owl hooting mm-hmm. to just send out like a shotgun of social media announcements that the newest episode is out. And I post it to everything, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, everything. Um, And that's it. I mean, really, I guess it's an investment of about two hours per episode of time. But luckily it's evergreen, right? You put it up and Mm -hmm. as long as you keep paying your hosting bill, it's presumably going to be available yeah. And, you know, yeah. if, if you're marketing a business and you're spending a couple of hours a week on reaching a bunch of people, that's a pretty good leverage at right. work. Whereas you might go to a networking meeting or, or have lunch with somebody and you spend those same two hours making a one one to one contact or maybe one to you know three or four people that you connect with at a, at a networking event or something like that. So I always say that, you know, this is the best investment of that time. And you've got it down to a fairly quick workflow, it sounds like. It's not too bad. You know, it helps having that checklist. Mm -hmm. The first one obviously took longer. I'm sure the first episode was like three, four hours just Mm -hmm. to get it all. And then setting up the website and learning how to use some of the different things. Um, Of course. On the front end, you're going to spend more time. Mm -hmm. But if you maybe devote a weekend to it, if someone's like, hey, I really want to start a podcast, especially if you have a niche interest, it doesn't have to be the law. You're the host, you're a lawyer. Mm -hmm. But maybe you want to talk about the best way to maintain sailboats, you know, as a hobby. And there's a lot of lawyers who love sailboats. There's a lot of potential clients who love sailboats. And they might be listening for those elements. But then if it ever comes up that somebody needs an attorney and it's what you also mentioned in your show you do, they'll be like, hey, that guy, the boat guy, Mm -hmm. he's an attorney. Maybe, you know, I'll recommend him or send him a referral. You just never really know. So, I mean, it expands your life, not just in potential new business that comes in, but you meet people, it's fun, it lets you talk about something that's important to you, and I love it. That's great. So um, let's talk a little bit about the tech. Now, you mentioned that you use Skype and the call recorder application on the computer, and yes. you use GarageBand for post-production. What are you using for a microphone? It's a Yeti, uh, I think it's called a Blue. Yeah, a I'm blue looking at it right now. It's called a Yeti, Y-E-T-I, and it's a blue, like mm-hmm. the color. And it's got a pop filter on it, which is basically, for ladies out there, it's pantyhose stretched over (laughs) a hoop. And it just goes over the microphone so that if you pop your peas, I'll try to pop one through it, Mm -hmm. you know, it'll catch some of that air. And instead of being recorded, you can sound a little bit better. So that's a USB microphone connects to the computer and then you use that in the uh, the Skype call. Um, Yes. Any other technology that you're using that we should know about? Um, I do use that calendar app, right, right. Calendly. I really like that. Uh, Skype is, again, as you mentioned, it, I, I think Skype actually does a great job. Yeah. Their quality is fantastic. I mean, I've recorded my voice directly into GarageBand using the same microphone, mm-hmm. and it sounds the same. I mean, the Skype call over the internet, yeah. your voice coming in sounds amazing. So <laughs> I, I really do recommend Skype. I know some people try to rig it so they use their cell phones or other ways. It's not as good. 
And the call recorder is called ECAM, mm-hmm. E-C-A-M-M. It was like 20 or $30. I think there was a coupon code floating around. Yeah. And it's done a really, really good job. And it splits the tracks for you yep. so that your voice and my voice on my recording would be separate tracks and I can edit them separately. And that tells me that you're on a Mac, so. I am on a Mac. And here's a tip, especially once anyone starts finding any degree of success in whatever they're doing. If you're a lawyer, if you're a podcaster, if you're a graphic artist, I don't care. Upgrade and buy. Do not skimp on computer. Just get the Mm -hmm. good one. Get the one with really a fast processor. You want tons of memory. You want the bells and whistles because this is your livelihood. You're Mm -hmm. staring at a screen for your working hours. You know, make it beautiful and work well and minimize the amount of time you're doing those crunches waiting for things to process or upload or open and you'll be replacing the machine less frequently so it pays for itself yeah i (laughs) i went with the biggest baddest imac plus like a 20 i don't maybe 30 inch screen like next to it so my entire (laughs) desk is a huge screen i can have your your cockpit right (laughs) it is it's like a cockpit it's exactly that and that's funny you say that we're an aviation family we love you know, small aircraft. And so, um, but let me, you know, our airplanes in 1956 yeah. <laughs> does not have anything like what I've got in front of me right now. Uh, okay. Well, it sounds it's got like dials. <laughs> <laughs> like does this actually work if I twist this. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my, my system, I've got some knobs and dials in my system here, but, uh, anyway, uh, so it sounds like you're sold on this podcasting thing. Uh, uh, you, and you say it's worth it. You're, you're experiencing the benefits so far. Yes. Mm-hmm. So far it's been great. I've even had people contact me through the website, say, Hey, I stumbled on your podcast, really like it. Either they want to be a guest cause they qualify or, you know, one woman, she's an attorney and she said, Hey, I'm an attorney too. And I found your podcast and we have this friend in common. You know, she shared it on her feed. That's how I found out about it on her Facebook page. And can we have coffee sometime and chat? Um, I said, you know, let's Skype instead because I'm all about not driving to meet people anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just no need to sit in traffic for 20 minutes to get to a Starbucks to talk to someone when you can each just make your own coffee and talk on Skype. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all about (laughs) saving time and uh, not being on the freeways. There you go. You live in Los Angeles, correct? I live in a suburb north of Los Angeles where for me to drive into town is a good hour or more assuming little traffic. Right. uh, Same thing here. Yeah. And those freeways, I used to live in LA. I Mm -hmm. mean, anything to stay off them, right? Exactly. So, uh, and she, she said, Hey, and I want to take your writing class because I teach a writing class live here in town through the local college. Mm -hmm. And I said, Hey, that's great. So, you know, I'm getting a new student and potentially Mm -hmm. maybe clients. Uh, the nice thing about a podcast is you can be your own advertiser. So like old time radio shows had advertisers, well, you can actually be your own advertiser and you can advertise something that you're doing or selling or promoting. You can sell advertising to third parties. And that's a nice way to just add a revenue add-on or an income stream directly from the podcast. All right. So have you had that nightmare moment yet? Has there something bad happened in the course of recording that you've had to deal with yet? Not yet, which is surprising, right? Because we're talking about tech. Mm -hmm. Uh, So far, I haven't had anything, you know, crazy. Knock on wood. This is why I always have a wooden desk. None (laughs) of this other stuff. Um, You need solid wood. So I 
I haven't run into anything with respect to podcasting okay. that was like a deer in the headlights, cold mm-hmm. sweat moment. Um, I can't say that for the rest of life in general, but you know, well, I, I have th- a two-year-old, remember, two and a half year old. There you go. <laughs> well, I think that, well, hopefully there are no nightmares around that either, but uh, I think that having those checklists and systems in place is a real good way to avoid some of those nightmare things. And you even said you've set up your technology in a way that the recording happens automatically, so you don't have to remember to press the red button. And you know, I mean, there, there may someday be a technical glitch and you'll deal with it, but uh, you, you've done what you can to eliminate and minimize that. I think that's fantastic. What about favorite moments? Favorite moment would probably have to be when I first logged into Libsyn. So I use Libsyn. It's L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com stands for liberated syndication. They can do all your file hosting. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also do some tracking and they'll give you statistics. When I first logged in, it was I'd maybe just launched it and I saw the little number tick up and I'd press refresh and the number would be one more download higher. <laughs> you know, it was, <laughs> and it was just the thought that there's people out there listening to this great information. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I interview amazing people. I learn from every single interview. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's this one guy, a real estate guy, I interviewed him and Mike Wolf is his name. And at the end of it, at the end of it, I turned off the record. I said, Hey, Mike, what you just taught me, that's amazing. Like I'm, I'm going to look into this. I'm going to add this to what I do and, you know, a way to diversify my own real estate portfolio because it's just great advice. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I'm learning so much from my guests makes me really confident in putting the podcast out there because I know people will learn from it too. And that's a really good feeling. I mean, we Let's face it, we most of us chose the law as a field because we wanted to be of help to people. And this is another way of extending that, right? You put, you're putting information out there and teaching too, right? Um, uh, it's a helping and that's a good feeling knowing that there are folks benefiting. Absolutely. Okay. So would you recommend this thing, podcasting, as a tool for lawyers who want to market and grow their businesses? I would. I really would because it's something you can definitely try. The time investment is worthwhile even if you just put out 20 episodes and you Mm -hmm. decide it's not for you and you do a finale episode Mm -hmm. because those 20 episodes will be there for as long as, like what I said, you're paying your $10 to $15 Mm -hmm. hosting monthly fee. It's very low if you think about it. And that content will just stay on iTunes and Stitcher and Mm -hmm. Google Play indefinitely. So, I mean, for someone that wants to maybe dive in and just try it, you could even do a podcast series where mm-hmm. you specifically say this is a 20-episode podcast series on the topic of, uh, you know, employment law and mm-hmm. are you being abused by your employer? I'm going to teach you everything you need to know. It's 20 episodes. Join us weekly over the next 20 weeks. And then just you're committing small. So, I mean, there's different ways to do it. and mm-hmm. Someone doesn't have to feel like they're, you know, changing their career professionally forever. Okay. What else have I not asked you that you wish I had? You know, I guess I the one thing that I like just chatting with is quality of life. Okay. <laughs> you know, does podcast affect your life balance, your quality of life? Hmm. Personally, because I'm a solopreneur, I have a home office. I rarely go into like, you know, drive to the fancy conference room. I don't do that anymore. I don't need to is that it gets me connected with people. And that's such an important part of lifestyle balance, especially for solopreneurs, is don't become a hermit. And uh, don't just, 
be in your own little bubble with just your friends and family that you are with regularly. You need to meet new people, fresh ideas, get out there in the community, talk to colleagues, especially people in your niche in what you do. And the podcast is the perfect vehicle for sort of forcing you to connect with others and new people as just part of your workflow. That's fantastic advice. Yeah, you you can really use the podcast as a um, as a platform to make to connect with people that you might otherwise not just pick up the phone and call because you want to meet them, <laughs> you know. And right. That can lead to friendships, business relationships, clients, all those kinds of things. I think. And one last thing, yeah. I think, because I wrote a book. I've self published a book to Kindle to Amazon. Mm-hmm. Right. They let you do that. Create space through Amazon lets yeah. you publish a book that's actually a physical paperback that people can just order on Amazon. Amazon just prints it for you, sends it to them. You don't even actually have that person's address. You just mm-hmm. know you sold a certain number. So once I started publishing, this is a few years ago, I started getting all of these opportunities to come on as a guest mm-hmm. on ESPN, BBC World News, uh, radio shows uh, all over. Cosmo Magazine called me up and I could give quotes, and they were asking me about certain issues that I was considered now an expert in because I'd written the book on it. And I haven't yet seen the effect from the podcast because it's mm-hmm. only been a month. But I imagine that if you are the host of a show on iTunes called the, you know, whatever show, mm-hmm. and you want to be an expert in that niche topic and you want to get quoted in different magazines, on television, the local news, it's going to be a lot easier because you'll have that credibility behind you. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll also help people get PR. Agreed. Agreed. Well, listen, thank you so much. Oh, what's the title of your book? Uh, That particular book is called Professional Cheerleading Audition Secrets. So I am a former NFL cheerleader. Um, I do talk about that sometimes, but it's not always relevant to the topic at hand. But I judged cheerleading auditions for many years. I worked behind the scenes. I directed teams later, you know, after my time where I hung up my own pom-poms. So I've been behind the scenes in that professional sports industry for a while. And I wrote the book that pretty much encapsulated the 45 minutes I would give people Mm one-on-one, you know, hey, Flavia, can you have coffee with my friend's niece? She wants to try out for a team. All of that I put in a book. But because I'm also an attorney, Mm -hmm. when uh, NFL and NBA cheerleaders started suing professional sports leagues, Mm -hmm. I'm the lawyer who's also an expert in cheerleading. So that's how I got a lot of the different media opportunities handed to me that came up. That's it's perfect uh, argument for podcasts. What you you know about the things you care about, whether they're related to your law practice or not, and the you know the overlap will occur, and you'll see that. symbiosis I was referring to earlier. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you so much. It's been really a fascinating interview. I've learned a lot about you and about, about your thinking about podcasting. I'm sure the listeners have gotten a lot out of it too. So I'm really grateful. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Well, tell us, tell the listeners how they can reach you if they have questions or interest in getting in touch. Sure. To listen to the show, you can go to lifestylesolopreneur.com and tune into the latest episode and be sure to subscribe. All right, let's also say thanks to you, the listeners. I hope you'll take a moment to send us your comments and suggestions on the website at lawpodcaster.com and a review on the iTunes store or wherever else it is that you find podcasts would be very, very welcome. And with that, we will just about be wrapped up for this episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. 
If you're interested in podcasting in your practice, the Power of Podcasting for Lawyers course is now available. Please visit lawpodcasting.com to get our free resource guide and other information. And until next time, keep on podcasting. Thank you.